Hey everybody, it's high noon. Welcome to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I am your host, Pam Benjamin, here on Mutiny Radio, on the AltaCast. Sadly, I am Sans Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Sadly, Sans Sheriff. Oh, listen to me, being a writer, sticking words together in a fun way. Whoop-de-doo! We do have a special guest coming in today, Thomas Bridgman, a writer from timstesseract.com. Go check out that amazing web space. Uh, have a bunch of writers from Tim's Tesseract coming on today on the AltaCast. Not only the amazing Thomas Bridgman, also giving us a call all the way from St. Louis, Missouri, Old dumb face himself, Steve Poggi, giving us a call. Excited for that little light to light up and for him to light up our lives here on the AltaCast. What a joy. Hopefully we will get a spoiler full recap and critique maybe, or I don't know what he's going to say about it, but of the new Last Jedi movie in the Star Wars Saga, our good buddy, old dumb face, Steve Poggi, saw it on opening day. I still haven't seen it yet because I'm poor and can't afford movies. Uh, Hate did have a great holiday time, specifically around those Christmas dates. Thanks so much to Jonathan Moore and the Moore slash Zimmerman family for being awesome and allowing me to be a part of many holiday fun times cousin Chrissy and sister Melissa Drug Policy Alliance you know she's our good buddy Uh, but we all hung out it was awesome and I am such a dick I did not bring any gifts nor did my amazing life partner god I hate calling him my boyfriend (laughs) I say that every week I know but uh I got so many gifts and I didn't bring any gifts. I'm such a jerk. I'm wearing some of my amazing gifts from Chrissy. She is a jewelry designer. I have this amazing new necklace that on one side says fuck and on the other side says love. Which side am I wearing right now? Yep, that's the fuck side. Also, she has a series of butthole jewelry. I have the first cast. They're a pair of earrings she gave me years ago through Jonathan. But this is a new ring. And she takes a cast of her butthole and then makes it into jewelry. She's a genius. I love it. We should look it up online and tell you guys where you can buy her amazing jewelry. She has this new, like, hand-molded cast of a hand giving the finger. And there's, like, diamonds on it. And it's all, like, gold. And it's gorgeous. So, I didn't get that one for Christmas. It's, like, $3,200. Woo! <laughs> I was like, Jonathan was like, I wanted to get it for you for our anniversary. And I was like, don't do that. I don't think that my ex-husband spent that much on my first engagement ring, which I used to wear but don't wear anymore. Anyway. Uh Holiday times were really fun. I had a great time. And uh, super thanks to Tony Asar and Eric Escobar for getting me on a last-minute show in L.A. I got to be a part of the hip-hop music festival. It was um, hip-hop awareness. It was so cool. We felt so cool. Um, (laughs) I got to guess that. I didn't even have to do open mics. Isn't that great? I got on a show last minute in L.A. 
So, yay. Everything worked out. I used to uh, really shit on L.A. quite a bit and uh, call it a soul-sucking wasteland of Lexuses. But it's actually really nice. The weather was great, and they have public transportation there now. We took something called the Red Line from downtown all the way to Hollywood, and it cost like two seventy-five. <laughs> It was only going to be $1.75, but we had to buy the little card, so next time we go back, we can tap. Anyway, I'm really happy and proud of L.A. for not being a shithole. I, I thought, you know, I've, I've just talked so much uh, bad news on them, and they don't suck that much. Yay! Yay! Changing our minds one city at a time. I mean, it's still part of California. How bad can it be, right? Uh, until... Our good buddy Thomas Bridgman comes in. Uh, I'd like to do a little year in review cap. Uh, some of you might remember that Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, my co-host and I, at the beginning of this year, we were doing every week a, a run, a one-off. We were doing um, raps where I'd take the quotes of people off the internet and then we would rap over them with just beats behind them. And the most amazing thing about my co-host Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is that she had no script in front of her, no anything. She was just going off me and off the music and having a great time. So she's a talented, talented woman. Uh, these were all one at, uh, one-offs. I just found the quotes and then just started rapping them. Uh, the very first one was... I believe 45 Alive, which was our... Oh, nope. The first one was Susan Olson. That's what started this all out on March 1st of last year was Susan Olson! Because I <laughs> was... I uh, found it on the internets. I found Susan Olson had some amazing things that she said. And I thought to myself, well, let's get that going so uh, here was the first one of this year this is uh, Trump support I, I think Trump supporters are funny to me really I don't think we should take them off the air all the time okay. hold on I'm gonna this is a this is a rap, rap background we're gonna rap to it <laughs> we'll get a little bit beat hey there little pussy let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on what a snake in the grass you are you lying piece of shit too cowardly to confront me in real life you do it on facebook you're the biggest faggot ass in the world biggest pussy 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 my dick is bigger than yours which which ain't saying much what a true piece of shit you are lying faggot I hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully. Say uh, slowly and painfully. I'm Susan Olsen. Oh, uh, slowly. I'm Susan Olsen. Slowly and painfully. They call me Cindy and Brady. My name is Susan Olsen and I love Trump today. Uh, 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 Olsen. Uh, uh, Brady. Get it. Brady. Uh, I hope. Sincerely hope you reap all this that you deserve Karma-wise, you pathetic little cunt you are Hell is waiting for you, enjoy Hell is waiting for you, enjoy What? Hell is waiting for you, enjoy Slowly, what? Slowly. slowly, and painfully My name is Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! They call me Cindy Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! Susan Olsen! 
I make America great again. Making America great. What a pathetic little cunt you are. Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. 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 Right? Did we just make a song? I I, Did we just? That was pretty dope. Did we just make a song? I think that we was, did. So that was the first one. We made a song, you guys. We did it here on the Altacast. Oh, oh, that's gotta be Poji. Yay! Hold on, everybody. Hold on. All right, lucky us. On the line, we've got old Dumbface himself, Steve Poggi. Yes, I was lucky to make it through the screening process. <laughs> through the screening process. You did it, everybody. Uh, we have... Uh, he's a badass. He's out there in uh, St. Louis. Steve Poggi. Also, today we're uh, p- pimping up Tim's Tesseract, which you write for as well. So, yeah. uh, Thomas Bridgman, that weirdo. He's not in yet. Of course, he's late, but uh, he'll be in. Oh, yeah, soon. old bubblegum garbage face. <laughs> bubblegum bar- garbage party himself. Uh, and I always loved that name because I didn't realize what it meant uh, until I remembered a time where I was trying to give my ex husband a blowjob on the playa and his stick was soft. And I was like, it was like a bubblegum garbage party in my mouth so that's where I and, and I told that to Thomas and he's like oh my god that is wasn't what it means he didn't mean for it to mean that but then that's what that is it's uh, trying to give someone a BJ with a soft softy Oh, yeah. Well, what is Harpoon Daddy Mango? Yeah, it's Harpoon Daddy. That was uh, Big Daddy's Harpoon Construction. I think he just likes to throw words together in an interesting way. He does. He's a he's a very strange man. Did you did you read the Christmas story that I wrote? I I started to about uh, Santa at the with the clones. Yeah, uh, and I clone. I thought it was cute that you used um, the name uh, Brady in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I figured we'd uh, we'd wedge in Brady Hold into the mix <laughs> and uh, try to get some extra press out of it. Right. Well, uh, I I I did read your entire. Um, father story about the lizards though that was that father bonding I read but yeah. this one was what bedtime stories uh, and uh, he's coming so uh, where, where do you where have you been getting your crazy ideas for your stories this was a long one um, well I mean I just kind of like to write stuff and uh, as I'm writing it I like to drink a very very minute amount of white wine <laughs> And uh, as the wine gets a hold of me, I like to, uh, I don't know, just make shit up. Right, right. So I, I was very tickled with in the the, the leader of the evil Santa Clauses, uh, known as the Knights of Kringle. <laughs> uh, the leader's name was No Yell. Instead of Noel. This is very, Instead yeah. Instead of Noel. I went with, I, I started doing a lot of punny type horror things. Well, Skippy Gumdrop is a great name. Uh, for Ooh. an elf. Yeah. The whole so Gumdrop I, I clan. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted 
I was thinking I was just going to write these things and then just take like the common uh, thing out of them and then make like a little audio broadcast where I actually like read them and add in sound effects. Uh, so Rock's Glasses played a heavy role. I was actually going to release something else and then I was like, I should do something for Christmas. So I just sat down and just whipped that out. Awesome. Uh so you, that, that's your second story on on Tim's Tesseract. Have have you uh, have you have you read any of anything else on the? Have you gone through the whole website and read some other things? Or I, I have actually I, the Jane Sixes uh, that you've been writing. I've actually been letting those kind of pile up. Ah. Uh, I I found that I kind of do them the same way that I do with comic books. Like I would read a comic book, and they're so short that you're just kind of like, oh man, I want to know what happens next. So I would buy comic books, and then I'd wait till I had like four or five together in a series, and I'd sit down for like an hour, and I'd read them all. Nice. So yeah, you're, I'm conserving yours. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to go through the website and read a lot of uh, what's going on there because there's I, it's like it came out of nowhere and suddenly he's got all this material. I'm like, who is? What is going on? This is great. Awesome. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff. Some of it. I don't know. I, I enjoy the, the stories and the writing more than I do necessarily the pitch stuff. Right. The pitch stuff, I'm not really that hip into. I do like how he's kind of trying to get like a little graphic to kind of like, I don't know. Add, I think now in our culture with technology, we have to add a lot more kind of visual things. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I was told that they were like, oh, someone said, oh, you know, I get your updates all the time but you never have pictures you should really and even if it's just a dumb picture people like it better they want everyone wants to be visual yeah we're, we're very visually dominated now which totally sucks if you're blind <laughs> never thought about it that's, that's true. your own set of problems blindies <laughs> how do you deal with the internet i mean there must be some speaking they computers can talk to you i mean i guess they could just they must have a thing where something reads out loud to them all the time who knows? Hopefully they're auditory that. learners. Could you imagine if you were visually impaired and you weren't an auditory learner? <laughs> what if? Yeah, that would be a good story idea to have a, a blind character and then have the twist be that the robots have already taken over everything, but they don't really know about oh, it. Oh, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah, or yeah, maybe the robots just... engineer humans to be blind, so that way they offer lower resistance. Ooh, and so they have no idea, because now with the technology, I mean, you could have a robot, and it could have, like, you know, human skin, or they could have their consciousness downloaded into some sort of, who knows. I just got a text from Thomas Bridgman. He said he'll be here about one. He's a little late. He's always late. It's fine. I got to talk he's to old. Steve Bocci. He's, hey, he's younger than me. Uh, so how was your holiday time with uh, the fam? Was that all great? Oh, man, dude. We, I mean, you know how big I am on Christmas. Yeah, all the Christmas and, music. And uh, last year I was a little bummed because I wasn't able to go to, uh, to my homeland of Missouri <laughs> uh, because Dad was having all kinds of heart issues, right? Right. So this week, uh, this year, um, Christmas was on, Christmas Eve was a Sunday, actually on a Monday. The Tuesday beforehand, my aunt had to go to the hospital uh, because she was having some, some heart problems. Oh, my God. Problems. So uh, it turned out like a very casual thing. I woke up and my mom was like, hey, I'm taking uh, your aunt to the hospital, her sister. Uh, she's having some chest stuff. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. 
I got updates throughout the day. Hey, everything's fine. We're getting ready. To, they're going to release it. We're going to take off. And then we got a thing back saying, well, actually, a certain level of enzymes were really elevated, which indicates heart issues. So they're going to take her in for a cardiac cast. She has to stay at the hospital. Yeah. Over so the Christmas, first night, boo. Uh, my mom stayed with her at the hospital. The second night, her daughter, my cousin Tammy, stayed with her at the hospital. And then on the third and fourth night, I was like, hey, uh, you know, mom, you're old. Tammy, you're really busy. She owns her own company and everything that she's running. Uh, I'll, I'll stay the nights. I'll do the night shifts at the hospital. I'm, I've been a road comic for long enough so I could sleep in a locker if I had to. <laughs> uh, so I, stay, I stayed with them through the nights. And uh, then she got released uh, that Saturday before Christmas Eve. So we were all really relieved. One thing that kind of aggravated me throughout the whole thing was that my cousin's husband, uh, he really didn't do anything. Oh. Yeah, during the whole thing, which, I mean, we all kind of think of him as a, as a stupid guy. Uh, he he, he kind of dropped out of high school to do a professional dance career. And now that he's in his 40s and his body doesn't work so well, they started a dance business of teaching kids how to dance or whatever. And, uh, you know, me and him, we always drink and carry on and everything else. And, you know, he's been a really good friend of mine. And uh, so there was a rift on Christmas Eve, or on Christmas Day. We had the family come over. Normally, we do Thanksgiving. My aunt does uh, Christmas. And then my other aunt, who lives down in the country, she does uh, a bonfire in October. So it's kind of like October's Aunt Linda, Thanksgiving's us, Christmas is my Aunt Pat. Well, given all the stress of everything, she wasn't supposed to be doing anything. Right, so Aunt we Pat can't to cook it. for everybody because she's in the hospital, or she just got out right. of the hospital. And part of, part of it was that they thought that maybe her stress levels were kind of aggravating everything, because she's 74. Oh. And so it's like, no problem. I've kind of pretty much taken over the cooking duties. If you remember when I was like, how do you brine a turkey? <laughs> and I just, I we bought this nice family turkey and I stuck it in an empty pickle bucket, filled it with some juice and then set it in our garage for 24 hours. Right on. And it turned out great. So yeah. Christmas Day comes and my mom has a very simple request of, she's like, I don't want football on the TV. <gasps> every on time Christmas we have holidays, okay. Yeah, every time we have holidays, the cousin's husband always comes over and he just gets on the TV and immediately puts it on the football and it aggravates it. I like football. I could do with it. I could do without it. My little brother likes it. He could do with it. He could do without it. So we were like, okay, no problem. So you watch basketball instead because the Warriors were on. We're, we're, no, we're like, we'll just do all Christmas stuff. Okay. We'll just make it totally about Christmas. And so everyone comes over to the house. And we're eating, carried on. I made a nice honey-baked ham. I, uh, I lifted the Bender's recipe, and I did some uh, pan-roasted Brussels sprouts. Nice. And uh, tried to kind of focus everything more on some heart-healthy dishes, <laughs> um, just because that was on everyone's mind. Like, even me, like, I really cut back on my cigarette smoking. I'm, I bought a bunch of nicotine gum. Um, so now I would smoke about a pack and a half, uh, yeah, about a pack and a half a day. Uh, when I was out in San Francisco, that was less. I smoked maybe a quarter pack to a half pack. 
Good for and now you. I'm just doing a, a few cigarettes here and there, trying to rely mostly on the gum. And uh, so everyone comes over. Sure enough, the, the husband comes in, and we, we he's there maybe about 20 minutes. We eat. Uh, that's over. We're kind of, you know, getting our bulbous stomachs to rest. And uh, he goes to put on football. Like, he didn't. He didn't get I'm, the memo. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, man, I was, we're not, we're not doing football this year. We're keeping it all on Christmas. And he was like, bullshit. We're putting football on. And I was like, <laughs> no, man, we're not doing this. You find a way to watch it on your phone or whatever. Uh, right, watch it on your phone. You don't have the NFL ticket. Come on, you can watch every game. Yeah, we're we're just we're do- and it was no man. I'm, I'm gonna grab the remote and he's like, "What channel's NBC?" And I was like, "Hey man, we're not doing football." And uh, so then he's like, "No man, I'm putting it on." And then I kind of get a little stern with him. Uh, his his mother's name is Nancy, and uh, I go, "Hey man, my name's not Nancy, and you ain't special. We're not watching football." Nice. And then uh, my cousin, his wife, was like, "Yeah, Aunt Karen, my mom, was like, we don't, we're not watching football." And he's like, "This is bullshit. Fine, I'm going home." <gasps> and so he gets into his car and he leaves. Wow. And we didn't see him the rest of the night. Now keep in mind, like, like when I say we're having a family gathering, we don't have a large family. I got two aunts, two cousins. Uh, one uncle, you know, my immediate family, and then the husband. We're talking 12 that's, people, Max. He was the 12th. That's everybody. Right. And it was like, and so he just fucking bails out not to be seen. And we were all, I, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say all of us, but I was especially very embarrassed for my cousin. Because we're a female, heavily heavy family. And so it's kind of like... You know, in front of all these people that matter the most to her, that raised her and everything else, your husband leaves on Christmas Day after about 45 minutes. Yeah, like a baby. he wants to watch football. And when you exactly. wait for me, I can't. And, and yeah. he didn't even visit the his mother-in-law in the hospital, so he's already on everyone's shit list. Exactly. And right. there's just been a long history of he thinks that we're kind of like, some like hometown hillbilly kind of rednecks and he, he, he doesn't like being around the family is always kind of the vibe that he gets but at the same time both of my aunts my well my mom and then my aunt who was in the hospital they all work at the dance studio behind the counter doing administration stuff i help at the dance studio clean it on the weekend and it's his this is his dance studio because he's a yeah. failed dancer and he has to have a studio to teach other kids how to do the running man. Of course, very important. Exactly. Yeah. But he is technologically not capable. He dropped out of high school to do dancing. Right. So he has a very limited education. So anything on the internet and everything like that, he doesn't do. Like, it's supposed to be a 50-50 split between him and uh, his wife. And it's, you know, basically he's like the janitor and a dance instructor, and then she takes care of all the administration stuff and all the website and all the emailing. Sure. And all the and scheduling of classes, classes and kids in the class and making sure they paid. And yeah, 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 yeah. Running a business, right. 
Exactly. And, like, to further put the proof, or not proof, but just to further kind of, like, cite, like, the dilemma here. So the first night she stayed at the hospital when my mom was there, they had all these T-shirts and merchandise that they had to put together for the kids. And now since they're kids, some of them were getting them as Christmas presents. Some of them, the parents knew, you know, what they were getting. But it wasn't like comedy merch to where it's like, hey, here's my T-shirt with the dildo on it. <laughs> you know, what size do you want? It was like, they had like baseball style shirts, sweatpants and like five different colors, like this massive undertaking. So I was like, well, I'll help you guys put all this together since, you know, you're worried about your mom, my aunt, and, you know, we'll, we'll pull together as a family and we'll get through this. And the way it worked out was basically my cousin would get all these different shirts together for the order forms, hand it to her husband, who would then turn around, hand it to me, and then I would put them all in a bag with the order form and I would staple the bag closed so that the name was showing, but nobody could open the bag to see what was inside of it. And it was like, it brought in the question, like, can this guy even read? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are we at with this? But yeah, man, it was, it was definitely like a, a kind of slap to the face. Like, so wow, you, dude. Like, did he bring any presents? Did he bring no, any? He, he didn't. He didn't bring any gifts. Didn't he didn't have any gifts. food. No food. He brought a no paper help. bag full of games. And he's he a he's a worthless pile of dog shit, is what you're saying. Dude, and, yeah. and it's good good guy. Part I mean, of your family. Been, like awesome. little like hiccups here and there with things. Like uh, when I came back and I started selling the toys, he uh, he was very aggravated, and we had to have a conversation about how he was upset that uh, I was now doing this. <laughs> Because his opinion is so important to everybody's well-being. <laughs> yeah, man. And it, and it was really, really bad to the point where, like, I mean, I told you I gambled. I bought, I spent $1,500 buying a massive collection online of these toys. That it's not that big selling. of a gamble, though. I mean, it's you know you're going to turn around and sell it eventually, hopefully, with At some stuff. At the time, stuff. I, I mean, did it. At well, the time, I had no clue what I was doing. I just knew I could make money off these. I knew some of these had value to them. And I knew I was buying them for the individual price of about $2.50 a piece. Yeah. It's good investment. And, uh, yeah, dude, it caused some major risks. <laughs> well, I mean, we could we could try to bridge this to, I just, uh, Josh, Loud Josh just came in. Do you know Loud Josh? You remember Loud Josh. You were here. You were in town. You remember Not him. unless I got drunk and yelled at him. No, I know you didn't yell at him. Uh, but, he, the, I mean, you're just talking air in the family drama. Uh, Josh, did you have any family drama this year? Oh, wait, no, you do. You have had family drama because I even overheard something about vendors. People were talking, but I didn't I, get involved. I don't, wanna, I don't want to talk about You don't want to talk about it. Okay, he doesn't want to air that uh, part of the laundry. See I, see, I put people on blast. I'm all about this call-out culture. Call-out culture. <laughs> no, I well, am too. I'm the dick that no, didn't nobody, bring nobody at vendors is to be put on blast. Oh, okay. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but... Somebody else definitely deserves to be on blast, but I'm gonna have a little more class in this right now. All right, we've got class. It's good because Steve's people are aren't listening. They're in St. Louis anyway, so they don't give a fuck. So that's why he gets to talk about this Uh-oh. nameless right. person. I, uh, I I was the dick. I was brought to Jonathan's holiday. Neither one of us brought any cards, any gifts, and everyone got me gifts. I got like a fifty dollar gift card from to Walt to um, Whole Foods from Jonathan's mom, and was this the Colt family? 
No, this isn't. They're just all really Christian. That cool sign over there that now says read books. Melissa got me like a mar- a tiny marquee that I can change like whatever I want to say on it and have it at the station. And I'm wearing all this cool new jer- uh, jewelry from Cousin Chrissy. Like I was just sort of this accoutrement that came and everyone gave me gifts. And I felt like such a dick because Jonathan and I, we didn't bring anything like I was like, I'm here for the ride. And Jonathan's like, here I am. (laughs) Yay, we're here. Thanks for giving us things. So, uh, Did the comedian cousin come? No, the comedian cousin did not come. He's, um, sadly, he he did not. Uh, But everybody else was there. Too many names, lots of people. It was really fun. They only talked about Jesus a little bit, so that was fine. I was totally okay with it. Uh, Were you ready for it? Were you like, I'm going to pull out my evidence shaming you guys? Well, no. I was trying to be like, you know, this cool girlfriend that Jonathan has. I I just didn't want to. And then once everybody starts giving you gifts, you don't want to piss anybody off. So I was just like doing a lot of smiling. And at dinner at one point, they're like, Pam, what about you? And I was like, I am boring. You really don't want to. You guys talk talk amongst the family. Don't worry about what's going on in my life. Like, did you tell them that one time you tried to kill yourself to be closer to Jesus? No, I did not tell them that story. I should have though. That would have been, that would have been apropos, I think. Uh, Steve, the real reason I wanted you to call in today is I wanted to hear your a review slash critique of the new uh, Star Wars movie. Oh man! Yeah. What you haven't seen it yet either? Don't I worry, Josh. Neither one Although of us will I remember am this. That I found out today that it's it's grossed over like four hundred million dollars. I've heard it's a piece of shit, and I'm still wondering why everybody keeps wondering why Blade Runner didn't do well when huh. Blade Runner was fucking awesome. I didn't see Blade well, Runner either. I had heard that Blade Runner didn't do well because, uh, well, there's a couple things here. One was that they put a very kind of strict gag order uh, on the people that reviewed it so that no spoilers got leaked. For which so, one? True, and too many millennials don't know what the fuck Blade Runner is. Yeah, like, and with an old franchise like that, I think, like, it's not just a single movie. You're You're talking about two movies, so... To release some sort of spoilers would reinvest interest in the first one, which would make you more uh, invested to carry it on into the second one. Right. But with Star Wars, one of the things that was interesting is Disney spent a lot of money, not a lot of money, but more money than usual in sending YouTubers to the premiere. Oh, because there's a big, big Star Wars culture online, especially on YouTube, about people speculating about the new films and who this character was. Where What's going to happen? How are they going to connect? Yeah. And so the mindset for a lot of Star Wars fans, because a lot of them are diehard fans. Yeah. So you've got people coming into this movie thinking that they were going to get some intricate technical backstory on the main uh, protagonist, the main antagonist. And then it was going to be revealed what's been going on um, with our hero, Luke Skywalker, who, you know, had the three films about him, who kicked everything off. And none of those questions were really answered satisfactory. So I think the problem is, is that over two years, a lot of people built up a lot of hype, wondering where this was going to go, how this was going to play out, and they didn't really address any of it and uh you know one of the things when i first saw it it's not that i was necessarily disappointed 
I was just expecting it to go into a different direction. You know, so like, you're being so vague. So they they have Kylo Ren, who was Kylo Ren. Ha- Han Solo's son. Yep, Ben Solo. Right, and uh, he's still the bad guy. He's the antagonist, and you've got he, that. And he was such a punk bitch in the Force Awakens. <laughs> I mean, he was he, fucking really cool it. until he took the mask off, and then I just could not buy it anymore at all whatsoever. Because he looked too young. He was a punk. He just well, didn't look rough and tough enough. Spoiler territory. Can we? Can we yeah, sure. Him? I don't care because yeah. I won't remember anyway. I mean, okay. So. You have Kylo Ren and you have Rey. And Rey is a Force-sensitive person, which made a lot of people think that she's got to be related to somebody in the Star Wars universe. She's got to be a Kenobi, a Skywalker. She's not. It turns out she was just some kid who had some Force-sensitive powers. Her parents were deadbeats, and they literally sold her to a slaver for drinking money. Ha-ha. Sounds like they're trying to, like, attach to... American kids that have shitty parents. Yeah, exactly. Was exactly what so, I was thinking. I was like, oh, Arkansas, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Kylo Ren, still a little bit of that punk bitch feeling, um, mainly because he felt abandoned by his parents. Leia was busy with the resistance. Han Solo didn't know what to do. He's like, my kid's out of here, so I'm just going to go back to smuggling shit. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy. And uh, so you get to find out what happened. Basically, Luke sensed uh, a lot of dark side in Kylo because he felt kind of abandoned by his parents. And he started to see in his training that Kylo was using the dark side a little bit more. This isn't shown. This is just kind of told to you by the characters. And so one night, Luke went in there, and he went into his mind, and he saw this overwhelming, massive pit of darkness So he ignites the green lightsaber from Return of the Jedi, and he's about to kill Kylo Ren in his sleep because he doesn't want another Darth Vader to show up. And then he has a moment of hesitation. Kylo Ren wakes up, sees what's going on, and now he's like, great, so my uncle is now going to try to kill me because, you know, he's a crazy asshole or whatever. (laughs) Kylo Ren lights up his lightsaber, hits Luke's lightsaber, brings the Jedi Temple that they're in down on top of Luke, and then goes into a very childish, emo kind of, man, fuck these people, and he kills everybody. Very Anakin-like, yeah. He just wipes them out like a, like a, a kid would. Like. Well, it's the, same, it's the same turn that Anakin did when he's like, my mother was killed, I'm murdering yeah. all the sand people. And that dude <laughs> sucks too. What's that shitty actor's name? His name is Hayden Christensen and yeah, he's not he, a shitty actor. Well, he was shitty he, in that movie. He was movie. shitty in that, that movie. The kid in the first one was way better than he because was. Because George Lucas was the director and True. George Lucas is a terrible director yes, with he humans. Is. He's great yeah. with like little beings and weird digital ideas. shit. Ideas are great. He's a great story writer, but when it comes to directing humans, he is a pile of dog shit, which is why I have more, like, I have more chemistry with my cat Spike than he did for Natalie Portman. I have more (laughs) chemistry with Natalie Portman than Hayden Christensen had with Natalie Portman. Everyone, who doesn't have chemistry with Natalie Portman? She's fucking hot. And yet, in, in those movies, he was... 
it's and it's because he's really gay in real life and I, I learned no, that no it just means he's a bad actor no it means that he's not a bad actor because he was really good in Life as a House with uh, Kevin Klein. he's a really great a penny, actor plenty of passionate gay men and fake scenes of them being in that, love with women okay Hayden Christensen is just a shitty fucking actor well, I, I would blame no, it on the director because I've seen him in other things he's good George Lucas there's, there's a lot of stories where George Lucas would be like they'd do a take and then George would be like hey that was good but uh can you do that a little bit more flat? Like, <laughs> like, could you tone it down a little bit? Like, I love you. There's a lot you. of emotion in that. Yeah. So, like, if you go through and you look at all the stuff that George was doing, like, he was a great idea person, but he could not convey that into a film structure. Right. What, who's, who's better at uh, writing the stories, Disney or uh, George Lucas? Well, it's, it's kind of hard because Disney... Like, there's a certain level when you make a movie that there's a formula that's followed. Like, you, like that was the best friend always dies on page 80. No, I know that formula. I took a screenwriting class a couple times. Yeah, like, the the big beef with the Star Wars movie is that when we find Luke Skywalker again, the champion of the galaxy who defeated Darth Vader, he's a broken, bitter old man who doesn't want anything to do with anything. He went to this island because he just wanted to die out there, and he shut himself off from the Force. Because he basically was like, I failed, I suck, I, I, I'm horrible, I'm not going to do this, I'm out. So is this movie and, just a bunch of people crying? Yeah, it sounds like that. <laughs> because like Rogue One was chin. fucking amazing to me, and yeah, I, I, I'd probably be more disappointed because I was so happy with Rogue One. It was really, it was, it was. I, I also I standing ovation to that movie. Yeah. I've never done that to a movie ever. It was, it was so good, and yeah. that they put the. I just really loved having the stormtroopers running around like the Bahamas. I thought that was great. That there's like this, that they they brought it into other worlds instead of being like we're in a shitty desert world. Now we're in a shitty uh, Antarctica. world world they're like no no they were on some pretty sweet island paradisical you know shit i love it those guys <laughs> yeah. jumping around no, like one of the big things that i think affected things is kind of the merchandising aspect mm, like you remember yeah. when the original star wars came out uh the toys of like the obscure characters that were just kind of in the background really really took off and then there's a lot of people uh, that are like, oh, well, this ship that you see for half a second, well, that's a, you know, Corellian frigate, and uh, they do blah, blah, like, so th there's a lot of attention to the background details of stuff that doesn't really translate with the characters that well. Right. So, I so mean, like, the prequel movies, a lot of people will say that those suck, but if you go through and you get into the novels and all the comic books, and then you get the character development... Then when you see one of the Jedi Masters who's on screen for half a second get killed, you know who he is, so you have some sort of sense of him, and then it impacts you more. Whereas if you just watch the movies, you're just like, all right, the guy with his you know, dicks hanging off his head died. Who cares? Right, right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Mace Windu, whatever. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Well, and those first, the, the prequel movies are actually really good if you just fast forward through all the love bullshit if you just watch all the cool fight scenes they're actually really good movies but when you get into the like look I'm Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman and we're romping around in this field and rolling around in the 
pasture. It's just bullshit. It's like yeah, uh, filler when there could yeah. have been other stuff well, to fill. There could have been other cool shit, but yeah. instead it's like, look, we're rolling around in the grass because we're trying to create this weird love story. And and in the in the four, five, and six, there was a great love story that was created between Han Solo and, and Leia. And but it wasn't like, look, we're doing a love story part now. It was sort of brought. Well, I was telling the eighties. They're just talking shit back and forth to each other because they were high as fuck on cocaine. Right, exactly. It was, yeah. it was a little different the time, time there. Like, and those original movies, it was just like, hey, we're going to make a sci-fi opera movie. Well, what are we going to do? Let's fucking make some laser swords, dude. All right, cool. Fuck like yeah. Let's make my dog a guy. All right, let's do that too. Whereas now when they're making these movies, they're like, we have to do a Star Wars film where we have to kind of handle the old characters that we have and then we have to introduce these new characters that we have. But then with the new characters, who we've only seen in one movie, we have to have some other new characters that could get killed off to show like a sense of urgency. And it gets really, really crazy. Um, I heard that overall, Carrie Fisher was in it an inordinate amount for being dead. People don't oh, have to dude, be alive to be in movies anymore. One of the most argued over scenes in the movie, which if you go online, it's referred to as Space Jesus. <laughs> uh, basically, she's on a ship in like the commander's post. That thing gets blown up, and she's floating out into space with all this debris, and she's got like a little bit of ice on her face, like she's dead, right? And then all of a sudden, her eyes open up, her hand flexes, and then she propels herself back to the, the ship that she was exploded off of, floats in front of one of the doors, and they somehow get her back onto the ship. Well, she, and she's got to go into some Star Wars medical stuff for a little while. She, she did, uh, you know, have Jedi powers, she's too. She's Force-sensitive, yeah. She's Force-sensitive. But That's... the way that it's done is, like, I, wasn't, I didn't have a problem with... Uh, the whole, like, she kind of woke up and used the force to propel her kind of stuff. I didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with her, like, swooping into a door and, like, knocking on it. And they're like, <laughs> open this door. Like, it's, it's not, it's space. You can't just open a door and bring someone inside. You got to go to an airlock. You have to decompressurize everything. That's where I was kind of like, what are we doing? Right, and if let's, you're in space... Well, science continuity is kind of out of the door with these movies at this point. Well, if you're in space and you don't have a space suit on, you can't breathe in because you'll implode because of space. Like, you basically have whatever air is in your lungs before you're dead. Yeah, but then all that air is being sucked through the mic- microscopic pores uh, in your body sure. into space. Right. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's... Well, it's the same thing as, like, gross. Sandra Bullock in that stupid Gravity movie. Like, how long could she live in space when she has no idea what she's doing? Like, how bad of a day do you have to have to be in the Gravity movie? <laughs> <laughs> Like an hour and a half of the worst malfunctions you could ever imagine all happen at once. But the Space Jesus part, that was a little iffy. Uh, You don't see Luke Skywalker in a lightsaber battle. Huh. um, Which had a lot of fans fucking pissed. That's where everyone starts screaming, you ruined my childhood. Well, no, your dad was a pipe fitter that moved into Mexico. That ruined your childhood. And then you use Star Wars to fill that void and to make a happy place. But, so I guess it left yeah. it open-ended, is what you're saying? So, okay, 
Rogue One on a scale from one to ten is, uh, I'd say nine. What would you say? Um, man, that's a, I liked it, but at the same time, I watched Star Wars to see people with special powers do some shit that I can't do in real life. Mm. And so the Darth Vader scene was badass. At the same time, why the fuck do we always have to deal with this Death Star bullshit, man? Yeah, that's true, too. We got the Death Star. We got the Death Star 2. Then we have to steal the plans for the Death Star. Now we have a planet that is basically a Death Star. And in this, one of the climaxes is they're, they're on a base with this big metal door. And it's impenetrable, but... The First Order has a portable Death Star laser with Death Star technology. And that's where I'm just like, man, come on. We, we can't, like, have a disease or something? Like, it's, it's always got to be the Death well, Star? Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, the Death Star is really... I mean, it can destroy a planet, and that is insane. So... You know, I mean, it's, it's super-duper technology. It's, you know, the biggest bomb, the biggest destruction kind of thing that exists. So... I mean, I understand as a plot point why they continue going back to it. This is what I have always actually have had a problem with for a really long time, back to the originals. Um, with all this fucking money and all this labor they put into building these fucking Death Stars, right? Okay, now we got a little backstory. Dude says, hey, he built this little weak point into it so you guys can blow it up, right? But nobody right. in any of these things, I, I, I don't think in this realm they have cameras. <laughs> they don't have cameras in the hallways. They, they have rebels running around like crazy blowing shit up. They have all this technology, they but they haven't no built cam- a fucking camera. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't have, have a camera system. room of like security guards watching yeah. the hallways, you know? They don't. What, what good the, point. One of the things was is a, a set of characters in The Last Jedi. They get on board an Imperial ship, so they do the classic, we're going to take these guys as uniforms kind of thing, right? Right. Well, they have BB-8 with them, and instead of trying to disguise BB-8, they put a trash can upside down on top of BB-8. <laughs> and nobody was like, why is this trash can rolling around? Like... Right. Maybe it's a new robot. <laughs> so get get back to my original thing. If you were, what I basically want to know is, do you think the Last Jedi is better or worse than Rogue One, or are they the same? Uh, well, see, Rogue One was a complete story in itself, whereas the Last Jedi is the middle section of a longer story. Right. So it's like saying, hey, what's better, uh, Walking Dead season eight finale or the first season of Game of Thrones? No, but like, it doesn't. That's not fair because. So uh, Empire Strikes Back was a middle one, and that's overwhelmingly people's favorite. That yeah, Star Wars one and that movie one are still battling back are, and forth. Right, but so Empire Strikes Back was a middle. It was in the middle of a story, in the middle of a trilogy, and yet it is people's overwhelmingly favorite Star Wars movie. So my question again is: Yeah, Rogue One um, versus Last Jedi, which is better? I mean, in in my opinion, as far as the movie goes. I would, in my opinion, I would say Last Jedi is better. Okay. First person I've heard say that. Yeah, because in my opinion, you get a lot more uh, lore. Um, The the problem is is that there's a lot of characters and storylines jammed into one movie. Right. In Rogue One, you just had, you know, this chick trying to find her dad so she can get these plans and stop this thing. Whereas in The Last Jedi, you've got... 
Ray trying to get trained with Luke, dealing with the Kylo Ren aspect. You've got Poe Dameron uh, butting heads with this new resistance officer that takes over once Leia's uh, kind of put into uh, like a coma stasis thing. You've got Rose and Finn trying to get on to the Imperial ship to uh, stop like uh, this whole attack thing that's taking place. And then you have Kylo Ren's dichotomy with the Snoke and uh, Admiral Hux. So you just have a lot more going on. I, I heard Jar Jar came back. Is Jar Jar back? No. No, Jar Jar's not back. Oh, okay. Oh, that was just a lie God. then. Okay. I heard that Jar Jar... Yeah. Is there another Jar Jar-esque character that they created? Or is Chewie still there, right? Yeah. Well, they have these things called uh, porgs, which are like these little pigeon-penguin bird things. Oh, God. And uh, they're on the island with Luke and Ray, And... They're not like Ewoks, like they don't play an intricate part in the storyline, but they're like all over Chewbacca. They're cute little things. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, The Last Jedi has some pretty good humor in it. Huh. Like, there's one scene where, like, Luke kind of confronts Ray, and he's like, hey, he's like, where do you come from? And she's like, I come from nowhere. And he's like, where do you come from? She's like, I come from nowhere. And he's like, look, everybody comes from somewhere. Where do you come from? I come from Jakku. Okay, that's pretty much nowhere. (laughs) There's some good humor in that. I think the problem is is that people have so much love and uh, dedication to Star Wars that they feel like it's a part of them. So when there's a new Star Wars movie coming out, People want to take that movie and make it a part of them. But when it doesn't fit in the way that they expect it to, then people fucking lose their minds. Because nowadays, if you don't get what you want, you have to find a stranger and scream in their face. That's absolutely true. Yeah, expectations uh, unfulfilled. What was uh, the best Christmas present you got this year, speaking of expectations fulfilled? Um, I thought being able to buy, you know, my immediate family movie tickets and get them all Star Wars shirts and then have this like family kind of night where we went and saw it on Thursday when it first came out. For me, that was probably the best gift that I got. Oh, that is very sweet. It's a gift that yeah. you gave. You're bringing it back to the old school. Giving is really yeah, man, the gift. I'm not just, what do I need? Another video game, another t-shirt. Like I don't, I don't really need anything. Right. I very much detached myself from material possessions and coming out here. Good for you. Uh, Loud Josh, your favorite Christmas gift this year? Uh, shit. Uh, the only one I know that I got is uh, my dad just bought a set of cycling shifters for a bike that I don't have working right now. And oh, I, I that think, was very I sweet. Think, I think, I, I guess my grandmother may have sent me a card, so there might be some money in there. So, But that that's really about it. Uh, people bought, A lot of people bought drinks. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, that works. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, good. I didn't I didn't give a goddamn thing. I was a horrible Christian this year. I was a horrible Christmas like all of it. I didn't give any gifts for Hanukkah. I didn't get I have I have some uh I did make yesterday though. All right, he's here. Artist Thomas Bridgman, everybody has art is on the walls. Steve Poggi is on the phone right now. Uh and uh it, both writers for Tim's Tesseract. We're gonna have Thomas Bridgman coming in a minute. He has the art up on the walls here at Mutiny Radio right now as well. The wonderful, poor Princess Die. It's a beautiful picture of Princess Die. Uh, there's a hot-looking guy in a, in a, in a, 
I don't know if he's wearing a cup or if that's his dick. Not sure, but we got the front and back side of that. Also, the Corys in the house. That's been a lot of fun to have them here. Both Corys, Haim, and what's the other one's name? Feldman. 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 Yeah, one of them's dead, one of them's alive. Or maybe they're both dead. I have no idea. Um, So, Steve, thank you so much for your... um, Spoiler, you didn't spoil it too much. I'm still going to go see it whenever uh, it no, comes out. No, there's still some shocking twists, but I don't know, man. I, I think Game of Thrones kind of ruined media, being able to tell a nice long story over multiple seasons at an hour a crack with no commercial interruptions. Right. Watching, it's yeah. just a better format for storytelling. And I think it's good that you didn't get anybody anything for Christmas because all year round you're doing shit for people. You should have a day off. Oh, that's very Aww. sweet, Steve. That's really nice. <laughs> it was just weird to be getting gifts from Jonathan's whole family. And they're like, it's just so nice because they're like considering me a part of their family. And my own family's like the pile of dog shit up there being Richie Pants. I don't even know what they did. I don't know if they all spent it together. But I haven't, I haven't um, talked to my mom or my brother in five years now because of the Christmas debacle of five years ago where they didn't invite me and I was like what happened guys, explain this but uh, they had Christmas and didn't invite me up at my brother's house and then they said well we didn't think that you'd go anyway and I'm like well, you could still invite me like yeah I wasn't gonna go but still so how did you like, find out it took place the, the Facebook and then uh... I found out then I found out later even after that that they've all been going to vacation together every um every August with the entire, my brother and his wife and his wife's sister and their, their parents and my parents and all the kids and everything. They go to this place called the Orca Islands, which oh, yeah, is supposed Orcas to, Island up, up north of Seattle. They're very beautiful up in yeah, Seattle Orcas and they Island's go for really a week nice. and they've been going for years and I've never been invited. And I was like, you guys suck. Like, and then one year they said, well, we could see if you could come, you could be the nanny. You could take care of the kids. Oh, and I'm Jesus. like, so everyone else is like a family member and I'm what? I'm the nanny now. I'm You're the, the nanny. Seriously, guys? Like, so I was just whatever. So and then my what, mom sent me a big fracture. Happened. You were you were in Danville. No, I wasn't in Danville. Jesus. I was here in San Francisco. No, no, I'm saying when you grew up. Oh, everything was fine when I was growing up. It was just when I decided to leave my ex-husband and not lead a normal life with a 401k and a W-2 that suddenly I'm the devil. Like, well, didn't they dislike the fact that he was black? <laughs> oh, well, um, no, my grandma didn't like that my ex-husband was black, but my mom and liked the idea of me being married and having someone take care of me because I couldn't possibly take care of myself in any meaningful fashion. Now, could I? <laughs> um, so, I mean, and when I moved to San Francisco, she said, no more tattoos, just put on a nice silk suit and walk around the financial and find yourself a nice husband. Because again, I wouldn't have any ability to have any, it's just, you know, it's the same thing from the Bible. Like Esther saved the entire Jewish people. How was she clever? Good at puzzles? No, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. And my mom is like, you got a hot rack. You don't look Jewy. Go out there, find yourself a husband because we know you can't take care of yourself because obviously, I mean, we know you, we know you know how to read, but you're just a woman, you know? (laughs) So. so you were you were born into the dark side, and then you turned to the light side, basically, is what right. happened. Well, yeah, when I was young, I was taught that um, if you're really good looking and look pleasant all the time and, you know, suck a little dick when they ask you, that you can really get anything you want, and you can, you know, you know just learn how to cook and clean the house well and have a bunch of babies, and um, and you'll be okay. Someone will take care of you. But it's like, what about the what about the uh, the story where no one has to take care of you? If, like no one takes care of you if you're a man or a woman. You know, like I don't know, I don't know. 
I feel like if you told me that your uncle was Harvey Weinstein, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> my parents aren't that rich, but yeah, it was, you know, something. I mean, it's fine. So my mom sends me a Christmas card and she wrote me and I opened it last night with Jonathan and I read it and he goes, did you just make that up or did she really write that? And I was like, no, no, she really wrote that. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was very like Gilbert and like, I did the best I could raising you. People make mistakes. Don't hold grudges. And I'm like, hold grudges. You're the one who hasn't called me either. Like, thanks Phones for sending me ways. the money. But I mean, come on. I mean, if phone works both ways, you could still invite me to the Orca Islands or, you know. I don't know, whatever. It's it's like if all they'd have to do is invite me to Christmas, and I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe we'll go what? or whatever. It's fine. I mean, it's one of those things where I was freaking out about Christmas, anyways. It doesn't make any sense to me because listening to the Christmas songs, which I know you like and all that, we believe that an unwed mother had God's baby in a barn, and then we sing songs about it. And everybody gives each other gifts and you have to go see your family and you have to spend money on people. Just all the traditions that have accumulated around the concept of Christmas and its original meaning, which makes no sense. And like its universal meaning, which makes no sense. And the idea that we have to give people gifts to show that they're worth something to us makes no sense unless you have lots of money because you have to spend a lot of money before the end of the year. Christmas isn't about Santa Claus? Well, no, Christmas is about spending a lot of money at the end of the year so you don't have it in 20... So you don't have it in 2018 when you do your taxes. You know, you got to spend your profits. That's really what Christmas is about. Is as a business, you need to spend all your profits at the end of the year so that you don't have any tax issues when you get into 2018. You got to have a zero balance or get rid of everything. You have to get rid of the money. Yeah, or just like, get rid of stock. Gotta, yeah, get rid of stock. Whatever. I'm just yeah, yeah. learning this as I'm like, I have to do a Schedule C, and I have extra money in the bank account from Mutiny Radio, but I don't want to be taxed on it, so I better buy a bunch of stuff at the end of the year. I'm just learning about business, and I'm 43 years old. I mean, I don't even get it. It's like completely counterintuitive to me that like spend a bunch of money at the end of the year. I'm like, no, save it so that I have it at the beginning of next year so I can spend it next year. And they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Whatever, there isn't any money, there's hardly any money anyways. Like, when I'm talking about $1,000, people are like, wait, you run a business off like 1000 How are you, wait, what are you doing? How are you surviving? I, I don't well, know. We sell Intelligence. We, yeah, we sell, we sell radio for free and people You can be a it. complete moron and throw millions of dollars at a failing business and still have a successful business. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I mean they that's get what's the going on here in San Francisco, I, bar none. I just don't understand. I don't understand business. I just don't get it. I don't understand money. I don't understand business. I don't understand Christmas. I don't even understand reality anymore. Like, I'm having so much time just, like, maneuvering through the world and figuring out, like, this is real, right? Like, everybody believes in this? Oh, ah! Like, I'm just very confused. Speaking yeah, I, of confusion... I feel the opposite way. Like, moving through the world, I see what is implied or suggested or heavily influenced, and I can easily just be like, yeah, I'm not doing that shit. Go ahead. <laughs> you guys can do that shit if you want to. I'm not going to play a part in it. not going to have a role. I bet do you it. don't like waiting in lines no matter how good the food is. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, me neither, man. I, I like where you're going with that. Uh, hey, everybody, that, go. That's one thing. When I was in San Francisco at Pam's house, I would come down to smoke, and I'd stare across the street to the 50 or 40 people waiting in line for Men noodles show. and broth. Yes, for, for the ramen place, for $18 vegetarian ramen. If that's yeah. not if that's not a travesty, I don't know what is. But that's that's what it is. At across the street from Men, it's called Men Show. It's um it was a very famous place in Tokyo, and it's it's the first one is here in San Francisco. And there is a line constantly. 
and it starts at about four o'clock because they open at five and it's for $18 vegetarian ramen. Like if you get the meat ramen or whatever, then it's like $22, $25. But I guess they make their own noodles, so that's supposed to make it really special. Yeah. Fuck those There's noodles. a noodle machine. It's just called vermicelli. You know, it's not that big of a fucking deal. Yeah, it's, uh, so that's that's the stuff. Hey, everybody, go check out Steve's Pogies, stevepogey.com. You can uh, find out where he's going to be doing tours, which he's done with, but he's headlining everywhere, and it was wonderful. Um what else? They can buy your You're toys. They can to watch you. I'm not. They can watch you unbox um, things. I, and, uh, uh, no, I've stopped that. You can watch me live stream and play video games uh, with my drunk cousin and brother. At, wow. Are they as good at video yeah. games as you? Uh, my little brother is good at his, in his own right. He gets really impatient. I, I'm still kind of the master, I feel like, because I'm, I'm the old Jedi now. I don't get frustrated. I just, my character dies, I start it over again, I get in there and give them the business. Get in there and give them the business. Uh, we'll go check out stevepoji.com and also check out his stories on Tim's Tesseract. Hey, Steve. Hell yeah. Hey, it's Tom Bridgman. Hi. What's up, Tom? How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. <laughs> good radio. Good yeah, radio. you're still alive. I think I'll pay him $5. Yeah, I miss you. I miss you dearly. What, what are you doing shows at? You're not at Piano Fight anymore, are you? You'll hear. I, I'm here to talk about what uh, what I do. What what, I what happened? How it all fell apart? Yeah. Thank God well, Josh is here with a lighter. My light. lighter just broke. <laughs> when are you... What, are, do you live he, here? He was just... He just... He was taking care of my cat for 10 days while I was in Mexico. And uh, so he was here and then he left. And then hopefully he'll come back for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the yeah. beginning of March. That would be nice if he'd come out yeah. and visit again. Yeah, That's, I've got to make a decision on that coming up. Yeah, whatever. I'll just add you to whatever shows. Whatever. Okay. It would be great if you could come down there. That would be exciting. Uh, any other words about Tim Tesser- Tim's Tesseract? Otherwise, we're going to let you go about your day and get in here with Thomas Bridgman. Wah! Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we're trying to make it as weird as possible. If you think you've got something weird, uh, message the guy with the last name of Pizza and see if you're <laughs> weird enough to be with us. Yeah, it's kind of him to publish uh, all of our work, all of our weird brain ramblings. I'm really excited because today, actually, it just went up at noon. Installment five of Jane Six just went up. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I've got one through five up there. I'm currently writing six. And uh, and I don't know how long this thing's going to go. It's I mean, whatever. I'm just writing a new story. Exactly. Good. Yeah. That's That should be enough. That's four then. So that'll be enough saved up for me Sweet. that I can read. They and are quick, I'll too. Listen, and I listen to Thomas Bridgman's dispelling of uh, entertainment. Yeah, uh, before you leave, I'll tell you one thing that Stephen King taught me and his book on writing, which was so great. And it actually, I had read it after I'd started writing, so it was great. But I never know the ending of my stories, and I was so heartened to uh, read his book and realize he's the same way. Stephen King never knows the ending of his story before he starts to write it, because if he can't surprise himself, how can he surprise his reader? Which I completely agree with. And a lot of people say, well, when you start a story, you don't like have the beginning, middle, and end all mapped out, and you like figure out how, where you're getting to? No. How dull. I, I mean, don't, that sounds so dull. I just have no idea. I don't want to know where it, because if I know where it ends up, then the reader can obviously presuppose. It's like when you're watching a movie, Jonathan does this all the time. I was watching this movie with him, and he was like, oh, the girl's in on it. I, what We were watching Get Out, which everybody's seen, but we hadn't seen, so we're watching it over Christmas, because what an opportune time to watch racism at Christmas <laughs> with the family. And uh, I'm like, 
the girl's not in on it. And he's like, the girl is obviously in on it. I'm like, no. And like, he kept saying the story before the story was happening. I'm like, you're so smart. And he's like, no, I just watch a lot of movies. I know how stories go. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I have no cool. idea. I call it all the time. Like it's like it might, it might take about forty five minutes. I'm like, oh, I already know who the bad guy is. You're gonna wait till the end of the movie, but I already know who the bad guy is. <laughs> I've, 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 I'm with it all the way. I'm like, oh, I'm totally in. What's gonna happen? I don't know. But um, I always knows. Wonder Woman. Well, in the, in the advice from the Star Wars vein from the Last Jedi that you can apply to your life is a. Uh, just because somebody did some really cool shit a long time ago doesn't mean they're doing cool shit now. <laughs> and you know who? You know what? I can. I have one name for that, and that name is Barry Sobel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry Sobel. As I, w- I was reading this book from 1987 about comedy and how to be a comic, and Barry Sobel's in the back. Yeah. And I was like. What? <laughs> yeah. When I moved here I, when, and I first saw him at an open mic, I was starstruck. I was like, <gasps> Revision oh, the Nerds too. No. I totally know this guy. Yeah, 227, 227. Dr. Katz. I mean, yeah. he was on a lot of stuff. And, uh, but then, uh, you know. Yeah, then, you know. <laughs> well, I yeah. hope that doesn't happen to you, Steve Poggi, that you fall into no, obscurity. Man, I You're only going to grow and grow. media seamlessly, so putting it all together well thank you so much for being uh, here and talking and being awesome yeah see i might call you guys at the end of the show to do a little recap and uh, make fun of thomas yeah, yeah i love absolutely. it oh you're a beautiful boy stevie p <laughs> okay well we'll uh, wait guys, we'll wait for the light we'll easy. talk to you soon yay oh steve poji yay steve poji uh hey we are here it looks like uh loud josh is outside smoking token it up uh, he could have done it inside, but that's okay. Uh, I am here with Thomas Bridgman, amazing artist, writer, comedian, improv maven. What don't you do? Plant guru, musician, musician. Yeah, you've got you're all over the place. I'm all over the place. Oftentimes, like uh, you know, germs. Yeah, we read. I learned about TB a lot yesterday because we were watching something and Jonathan was like, what is TB? And then we looked it up and it's like this terrible That's disease rough. that's spread, spread, spread through spit yeah, <laughs> and like to, little globules of... <sighs> it used to, uh, like, there was a time in which it was like killing lots of people and then there's been a long stretch in which it's just been the thing that you have to get... Uh, a little poke on your arm so you can go to camp. Right, or you know? be a teacher. I have. I've always had to have a, a TB test up, uploaded. But for then now there's kids. there's there are um, there are um, drug resistant strains. It's Wonderful. Yeah, we're all gonna die. Yeah, I know it's an ugly way to die. Well, I mean, there's so much biological like warfare that exists that we just don't even. There's so many things that we're like. We know so much. And then we're like, we don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have so many ways to just release it into the... I don't understand why they don't just... I mean, maybe that's what fentanyl is. Like, my brain just went faster than my words came out, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I was going to say, why haven't they figured out a way to kill all the poor people? And I was like, oh, it's fentanyl. Oh, it's the opiate addiction. They're like... Carfentanil. It's the one... The car is fentanyl. that the new one? That's the one that is like... From China. A grain will kill you if you don't yeah. have a huge habit. Wow. Yeah. What's the use of that drug? Like, why did chemists make it? Uh, 
And they've been adding it to all the drugs now too. You can find fentanyl even in Coke, which makes no sense because it's an upper and then also it's yeah. a, it's an opiate. It's a it's a fake opiate. I think a, someone's just trying to get rid of it. They just made a lot of it. They're like, I don't know. It's a little dangerous. Yeah, that, yeah. Let's just Let's put tell it people it's Xanax. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a, it, but it's, I, I mean, it might be a big plot to kill the people, the undesirables yeah. of this country. Could that, be. I mean, I don't know. As And hey, you're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Spreading socialist conspiracy theories yeah. one, <laughs> one d- disease at a time. Uh, so what are you up to right now besides Tim's Tesseract? Let's look. You're all over that. You're, I mean, are we allowed to let everybody know who, who you are? You're the, you're the, Bear exoskeleton Contessa, yeah? Yes. Uh, in, yeah. in many ways, I'm a vessel for her. Um, <laughs> much like uh, much like Valus uh, um, and uh, the Philip K. Dick uh, uh, alien intelligence which inhabits his body. Um, I am... Uh, it's very funny, the bear exoskeleton Contessa. Uh, thank you. I, I just... I. I am a connoisseur of fine dining, and I enjoy cooking, and because of my um, background in, uh, in garden design and installation and, and uh, arts and crafts and stuff like that, I thought it would be fun to do uh, a, a sort of um, Martha Stewart slash, uh, you know, Ina Garten, um, Barefoot Contessa style thing, but as... Uh, as an alien who's horrible. Right, so it's great. It's, <laughs> um, she writes about food slash torture for Tim's Tesseract.com. Um, Galactic Table Talk with the Bear Exoskeleton Contessa is the name. Um, her real name is Gorn Shrax 9. Um, with a lot <laughs> wow. of AKAs, she's also known as the Flesh Betrayer, the Ruined One, uh, the Engorged One. Um, she's, um... It's very funny. Just kidding. I am unhindered by remorse or pity. I feel nothing but pain, rage, hunger, the ecstasy of murder, and the joy of spreading love through cooking for members of the aristocracy ranking higher than my own standing. Yes. <laughs> she's she, she kowtows. She's really into... She's really into class. Like, she she likes the aristocracy. She doesn't mind... Because she's pretty high up, you know? She's right, doing right, all right. right. right, right. But, right. um, I was inspired by the fact that Ina Garten, the the bear, uh, the barefoot Contessa, whose recipes are like undeniable, they're objectively beautiful. Yeah. Um, even even if you screw them up, they're great. But she was actually um, her background. She was she was the nuclear strategy policy analyst for the Nixon White House. Shut up. Yes. Ina Garten. That. Ina Garten was the nuclear strategy policy. Analyst That's for insane. the Nixon White House. I've seen her do some amazing brunches with her gay friends yeah. that she has over, and they're drinking champagne. She's like, it's just so easy. She's amazing. She I is. don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that her having been um, a part of Nixon's cabinet, I guess, um, or just advisors, I don't think that necessarily means that she's a hardcore, you know, conservative, um, considering her her predilections um, for. E- Equal treatment of human beings, despite uh, whoever. But she, I think she's a Republican because she, she has lots of money and she wants she's to keep it. She has a beautiful, house. Yeah. beautiful houses. She's like, oh, and you want to get, just go buy, you know, twelve quail. Yeah, you know, I know, totally sourced right. quail. British game heads, right? With quail eggs, like, yeah. yeah. So uh, right. quail, I, quail deviled eggs. <laughs> They're yeah. just amazing, tiny little things. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah. I mean, I have, I, I have a, um, a. a 
a pretty encyclopedic whatever for yeah. the stuff I'm into knowledge of uh, of sci-fi uh, literature and and movies and TV shows and stuff because I was born in 78 so I was 78 yeah I was old enough for oh that is nice drug bust they're after you they who is that That's tooting out on the street up 21st of memory brewing they're trying to it's a beer delivery beer delivery delivery here oh they're backing up backing it up back yeah. it right up into muni radio just kidding we don't that's a fine mother trucker wants you to back that truck up well, uh, uh sorry. which other ones are you writing besides intergalactic table talk i'm working on um <clears throat> uh i'm working on a misconnections slash casual encounters style um uh, uh you know multiple entry you know small small like classifieds style uh-huh. thing with timmy but the the thing is with that it, uh, you know i wrote a whole batch of them and sent them off and um and we talked about it the unfortunately the the reality we're faced with right now in terms of comedy but also just uh, society is that you know uh, a lot of people are, are are feeling empowered to talk about the sexual harassment and, blah, and, and blah, blah, sexual blah, violence. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I know, but baby, um, and and, and on, you know they call it the casting couch. What? <laughs> yeah, they have since like 1972. You dumb bitch. You just woke up now, like 45 years after. Everybody saw Mad Men, right? Like. Women have been subjugated since the beginning of time. It's just the way it's been. And suddenly now we're like, hey, look what's been happening, feminists. Whoa. I I think it's all like a look over here so that we don't pay attention to the whole net neutrality thing. I really feel like it was all just a big puppet show to be like, look at this. Women have been subjugated since the beginning of time. Not not all people hate black people, but they all hate women. Like, (laughs) yay. Yay. Well, I... I Uh, I'll say this, my, my uh, Timmy and my um, hesitancy to release uh, a bunch of, you know, um, ca- like misconnections written from the same sort of murderous perspective as oh, the bare exoskeleton. We felt a little uncomfortable with it, so we're sort of retooling it to, to make it just kind of more funny in different ways because that's obviously uh, something I'm I'm fully capable of. But um, uh, and then I'm working. And, and he's trying, and Timmy's trying to make sure that this is not a political blog. I no, mean, no, it's, he's, not it's at very all. Yeah. clear that this is a humor. This is a sci-fi humor. It's cartoon world website. Yeah. It, it's not meant to be like, come get your news from yeah. Tim's desk rack. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 that's not it's what we're doing there. Galactic silliness uh, with as many laugh lines as possible we want i think we we all want it to be just really hysterical and something that people want to go back to uh um regularly you know we want it to be like a bookmark on their on, on the top bar of their browser absolutely you know? um and check out the weird shit at tim's tesseract <laughs> exactly so we're, we're also we've been t- timmy's idea he won he he mentioned this um because he and i will oftentimes talk about uh Alf and Melmac and Alf. Alf. I loved Alf, Alf. right? Um, Except that he hated cats. Ate he, cats. Well, I he didn't like hate cats. cats. He loves cats because they eat cats. Cats right. are like yeah. the most delectable thing in the world on Melmac. But here's the thing: like Alf, <laughs> Alf on the show, Alf, like seriously, never had a cat once. Never. He, I mean, he lived in a house with a cat, and right. he was never able to catch it 
or eat it. So he's really unsuccessful with it. It's one of those like, you know, once a year you get a lobster, you know, for your birthday or Christmas kind of thing. And then you don't eat it and you raise it in the bathtub like Homer Simpson. Yeah, exactly. You raise it in the bathtub and it, and it continues to grow. It continues to grow. Pinchy, oh, pinchy. Yeah. So oh. we're going to do some um, like basically cat restaurant review stuff awesome fr- from, from melmac. melmac yes melmac has fi- has factored in um melmac is a uh, um a major player uh in my the latest dispatch from galactic table talk um which it will be entitled no harm no foul uh yes um and it's about uh it's about space chickens which are and not a lot of people know about this uh actually i'm surprised to to find out how many uh actual astronomers space scientists have no idea about space chickens well they they are um a direct result of melmac's predilection for cats uh the chickens were they just ran Rampant. Nobody was eating them. Um, they're just breeding all the time. Uh, so there were tons. It's and like Elk Grove it, in California. There you go. Elk it's a, Grove. It's a city where they they uh, they have wild live chickens and roosters, and they perch in the trees all over town. And you can look up and you see they have these huge long feathers that come down, and they're these wild chicken birds it, you, you it's a lot like it. that it's a lot like yeah. that but as we all know but space Melmac, chickens space chickens yes well because as we all know Melmac um, was destroyed uh, Melmac blew up uh, and I, I believe it had something to do with a, a, a goof up by by Alf himself. I think he, which is I, why he escaped. Yeah, he escaped. And you know, and the thing is, like, it's not a big loss. Melmac was a planet populated largely by uh, used car salesmen, game show hosts, stand-up comedians. I mean, the the schlockiest people, the neediest, schlockiest, worst clothes, worst hair kind of people in the world. Right. Um, and so when Melmac was was uh, destroyed. Um, a lot of uh, its populace, uh, they weren't necessarily burned uh, in, the, in the decimation of the planet. They were just ejected into space because what happened was I think Alf, uh, I think he, he, was, he was goofing. He was tinkering and uh, and and actually reversed um, the uh, gravity on the planet Melmac, and so everything Melmacian um, uh, in terms of uh, its place of origin is now uh, Spacian. Um, so all the chickens that hadn't been eaten yet on Melmac, they were just hanging out, gobbling things up. Um, they they're all floating through space in the in perfect. Uh, a moisture-free uh, freeze. The, the vacuum of space is actually excellent for the preservation of meats. This I don't know awesome. if you guys... Yeah. That's what I was wondering. What, what, are they, what are these valued on on the black market right now? Uh, inc- incredibly high or incredibly low, depending on your vessel. If you're, if, and, and it's just the luck of the draw. You know, I mean, if the market gets flooded because somebody finds a rich vein of space chickens just floating uh, around, say, in an asteroid belt or uh, some kind of nebula, some sort of space cloud that, you know, provides provides uh, um, some uh, binding qualities to to these clouds of floating frozen fowl, um, then it, you, all you got to do is put out your space net and scoop them scoop them up, and it just depends on your cargo hold how many you've got. Now, uh, uh, supply dictates 
uh, market price, as we all know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and rare. exactly. <laughs> so there have been there have been times in which uh, happy times in which. Uh, uh, space chickens were widely available, perfectly preserved. No, there's no freezer burn in space. I don't know if wow, you guys are aware wow, of that. You don't get any of that whitening of the of the of the skin, the flesh. There's no crystals in the bag. It, there's it no bag. definitely affects the flavor when you have the for certain when you have it in the freezer for too long. And I'll tell you something. If anything, space actually. Uh, increases the umami uh, of a chicken. Absolutely, because it's going to be aging. It's going to be perfectly aged. Exactly. Like, it's almost like dry-aged because there is no moisture. Yes, there's right. no yeah. moisture. However, the it's moisture dry, why contained within the yeah. bird yeah. Amazing. sealed inside. How delicious. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. you can even, honestly, I've, I've had this. This is a rare del- delicacy, but I've had space chicken feathers. <laughs> When have you ever wanted to eat a chicken feather? Never, right? Well, I'll tell you something. You take one of these feathers, and uh, with the right temperature and seasoning, you deep fry this thing. Deep fry, we all, that's, a, that's an ugly phrase sometimes, but um, really the, the beauty of deep frying is you're essentially encapsulating the moisture of whatever it is you're cooking, and that actually breaks down the proteins and the cell walls enough so that it's soft and tender and delicious. It makes a lot of sense. I've been to uh, Japanese restaurants where they first bring you the, the fish, they take off like a, a mackerel, and they'll, they'll give you it as sashimi, but then they'll take the bones, and they'll deep fry that and then put that on a plate and you eat the whole thing you yeah. eat all the bones yes and they're just crispy and the way they're deep fried it's just like it they crunch in your mouth and they don't like perforate your you know whatever it's just something happens in that process yes. and you can eat the bones yeah so, so the sense. way the preparation i had of the space chicken feathers deep fried that the the, the uh, hollow uh, stem of the feather down at the bottom you know like old-timey oh, pens yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, bechamel sauce okay <laughs> what bechamel, bechamel. A- yeah. and and as soon as I get my hands That's on some more of these feathers uh, it's gonna be buffalo we're going for buffalo like buffalo sauce like a spicy ranchy exactly app. so you take your chicken feather you deep fry it it's full of buffalo sauce then you have an inkwell of blue cheese dressing oh. you tap it in there and you write just the word yum on your tongue and yeah and right i mean i think that's gonna be a big hit um (laughs) so that's gonna be coming soon exactly so yeah space chickens get some of that happily I'll, I'll throw some money towards that. absolutely and, and I've been thinking about doing a big old timey uh, Wisconsin style fish fry but with cats and just see <laughs> if people want to have the true Melmac uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm down with a lot of Alf heads I know a lot of Alf, yeah, absolutely. Alf heads you know, they're if everywhere if you did a little more research you'd probably spend less money and just really find somebody in the world that's doing a cat barbecue yeah and you know what that's a sore subject but I appreciate you bringing it up I have been paying a researcher <laughs> to do some research for me. Um, unfortunately, uh, Jordash is not the most reliable. Uh, I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen anything for yet. Yeah, Jordash. Yeah. Jordash. Yeah. His last name is Corvette. <laughs> Jordash Corvette. That's great. Sounds like a rapper. Yeah. I, 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 he does rap. Uh, he raps uh, when he's supposed to be doing research. Unfortunately. <laughs> Rapping with us. So no, in in Jane Six, I should have uh, I should have been reading some of the other things and known about the Mel Mackians because I actually there was a part of Jane Six that in the year there haven't been cats on the planet since 2099 because of an alien space race. The the uh, humans were supposed to be the food source, but unfortunately they sent the lupine to an old folks home where all they heard the humans were kind of wily and fast uh-huh. and 
the humans weren't. They smelled funny. But they had these cats on their laps. And so they said, oh, these must be the humans. So they ate all the cats on the planet. They were supposed to eat 95% of the humans and then leave the last 5% so they could teach them like water saving technology and yeah. save the planet. Yes. But they just mistook the cats <laughs> for the humans. And so they that's why the humans still exist in 2222 in Jane 6's world. That um, gives me that after the water wars, but I mean, if I would have kn- if I would have put in the Melmachian because they could have easily come instead of the Lupine. The Melmachians are not one for uh, going far afield. Uh, as I said, they are stand-up comedians, game show hosts, and used car sales. Very lazy people. <laughs> Very fucking lazy, uh, unfortunate-minded people. Yeah. 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 I know. If you can call them that. Poor, poor comedians. They Melmachians. If they were to come here, I think what would happen is. Uh, they would uh, fall in love with with aardvarks. Maybe aardvarks are uh, similar looking. Or ant aardvarks are ant eaters. Okay, I don't know no. What I saw the other day was an ant eater. I was at the zoo with a small child, and I was looked at. I was like that. At the SF zoo. That's what they look like. The SF. The the yeah the SF zoo. Yeah, they have that an ant eater is insane, and it's so big. And I've seen them on cartoons, you know, like oh, an anteater in an old. Um, is that like the same one they've had since I saw as a teenager? Is it that maybe, that maybe I, why it's that big? Because I remember that there being one there twenty-five years ago. It has a tongue I that don't know shoots. How long it they is live. crazy. I, but I think they're probably pretty cheap to get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used they to work like there di- when I first really, moved. Really, really. I, I know that anteater well. Yeah, it is. It looks like an alien. It's got this huge snout and then this huge tongue, and I was yeah. like, "What is yeah. that thing?" It looks like uh, in the first Brian Singer X Men movie when uh, when Magneto makes that thing that's supposed to turn all the regular humans into mutants, and it just kind of like stretches them in weird parts. Uh, it, it, it's. I think it looks like. Th- it met Magneto. Yeah, stretched that weird nose stretched out. Stretched that thing. Uh, so everybody go to Tim's Tesseract and check out all the weird shit that's going on yeah. there. It's, it's also, building, it's building. My my lady friend, oh, yeah. Annika Sela, stand-up comedian extraordinaire and boxer and uh, and now writer, uh, she writes a, a um, article... Uh, regular feature called Horoscopia. She does do Horoscopia. So it's uh, all all of what we're talking about, Um, but it's a bit more on the horror end of things, and they're horoscopes, but they're very funny and extremely accurate, troublingly. uh, So I'm I'm a... I'm a Libra. Let's check out yeah, mine. Give it Libra, some. September 23rd through October 22nd. Whoever put that elf on a shelf is a real card, especially because you live alone. Yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes sense. I'm uh, an Aquarius. What's uh, what's the Aquarius? Uh, Aquarius is uh, January 20th through February 18th. Regret signing up to host that extended family this holiday season. Tough tits. Learning to follow through on your promises will help you grow as a person. <laughs> Plus, you need fresh bodies to secure Krampus's protection during the Yuletide purge. Yeah, yeah. That's actually you should take that seriously. Yeah. Krampus. What are What are you, Josh? You just you had yours. Your t- Capricorn. End of November. November. End of November. November twenty second through December twenty first. Sagittarius. Nope, nope. The one. You're a Capricorn. Sag. You're a Scorpio. Oh, such a. <gasps> Ooh, you're a Scorpio. 
Your dreams of a white Christmas will come this December when you wake up fully blinded by the milky cataracts that have been developing ever since Thanksgiving while you went to your uncle's house and made eye contact with the terrifying portrait he keeps locked in his attic. Don't go in attics. Don't do that. Oh, Don't go I, I, sniffing I, I got around. past that one, I guess. You know what I mean? Like Christmas is a well, I think I mean, you've Christmas been, wasn't the best, but I can still see. You've been smoking enough doobies that yeah. uh, you're keeping your cataracts clean smoking, and clear. Smoking, grand, smoking uncle's lettuce, not yeah. his paintings. I can spot a LASIK job from a mile away, buddy. That's a LASIK job. <laughs> there was a, that, was, that is very funny, her, her horoscopia. Everybody check that out. Yeah, I think she's just about to drop a new one. She was working on it on the plane on our way back oh. from Milwaukee. What did you go to Milwaukee for? Whose people live there? Harris. And you, so you went and met the fam in Milwaukee? Yeah, in t- negative two oh. degrees. degrees. Was it nice and sunny and no wind? There was lots of wind. It, it, was there a free? Was it a free flight? Did they pay you to come out? Like, what do you, what do you have to do to go to negative two? You know weather? what? I had two different versions of hell: the cold one and the hot uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, I really had a great time. It was, it was beautiful. We had snow uh, right before Christmas. Like it snowed on Christmas Eve day, um, and it had been about. It had been hovering around thirty degrees 30 degrees but at night obviously worse uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say cold it's worse um, but but then it, it really dropped and and negative two I to be fair was as cold as it got and that was it went up to a balmy zero uh, after brunch so Did you go I outside, outside to check it out I smoked cigarettes I was outside all the time is in, that is that your first time in that low of uh, temperature? Yes. Okay. I how could thought, your cigarettes stay lit in that kind of cold? <laughs> uh, because I just suck on it the whole time. I can't have my hands out, so I smoke everyone like a cowboy or a farmer. You know, just tucked in my lip, just dragging and drawing until I spit the fucking thing out and go inside. Wow. Um, yeah, it, like the change from negative two to zero. I'm not joking was noticeable <gasps> like it was like it's oh all right my arms have uh, separated from and my this trunk is, for this a is zero fahrenheit not zero celsius Fahrenheit. fucking height so this isn't 32 degrees celsius no. fahrenheit no. which is zero degrees celsius this is zero degree this is negative freezing this is a deep dicking of old man winter <laughs> wow and you went on purpose um but you met the, your um, lady's whole family. That's yeah. was it fun? It was great. They loved you. They yeah. were, you had so much fun. Oh yeah, they they were wonderful. We'd met before. Um, it was it was uh, just a, you know how like, you, you, Christmas is supposed to feel and look like in Aww. the commercials and on shows. Aww. Yeah, like that. Because also I you know I mean I had nothing. I had no. Uh, no dog in the fight, uh, as it were. Like, there's nobody there to make me feel guilty. Um, right. Doesn't happen I, I, in everybody's family, but right. you know, it's a pretty common thing. So I, you know, I just, I just got to be charming and be around charming people, and it was fucking fabulous. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I felt similarly when Jonathan. I got to go down and be with his whole family, and they all had gifts for me. And I'm like, I can't believe you guys went out of your. This you know, is right? crazy. Yeah. Like I didn't give. You're like I regret setting fire to your garage just now. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the same way. I didn't have a dog in the fight, so I didn't care. I was. No one was gonna. I mean, I have people that make me feel guilt. I got my guilt through came through a card, so that was fun. (laughs) Whereabout was that? Where's Johnny from? He. We went to L. A. Nice. Yeah. Oh, L. A. It was warm. Mm. 
And I got a guest set on a real show. I didn't even have to open mic. Nice. I got a last minute guest set on a, nice. at the Hip Hop Awareness Festival in nice. Chinatown in LA downtown. And their public transportation system is awesome. We yeah. went on this thing called the Red Line from downtown. And it took us all the way to Hollywood and Vine, like blocks yeah. from where his cousin lived. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, I've been talking massive amounts of shit to LA since I moved here yeah. 10 years ago and I kind of feel like a dick. LA rules. It was. I just, I was always like, LA sucks because everyone's in their car and there's no public transportation. You well, can't there's get that anywhere. Too. That does No, but suck, it but... does. It exists. They have buses. They have trains. Yeah. At, uh, it was the 23rd at night. It was like 10.30 at night and we were leaving the show that I was, thank you, Tony Asar and Eric Escobar. I had a great time and all the, and um, the, what was the rapper's name? Something, the chief. I can't remember. Dang it. Uh, anyways, all these rappers and all these awesome people and hip hop and it was so fun. And then we get on the tram. It's full of fucking people. Like, it was they like Bart. They actually use it? Yeah, yeah. It was like Bart. It was yeah. full of people. And it wasn't just people sleeping. Yeah. Like in San Francisco, it was Community. actual people going places at yeah. 10.30 on a Friday night, Saturday night. And I was just so impressed with L.A. Yeah. It's multifaceted. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, everything that sucks about L.A. that you've ever heard or seen yourself, that's true. But it's a big <laughs> fucking place. Yeah. It's got a lot of, it's like a 20-sided die. Right. Yeah, sometimes you get a fucking one, but sometimes you get a goddamn 20. Right. L.A.'s beautiful in many yeah. ways. And I've always said, look, everybody, everyone's wearing makeup and everybody's looks perfect all the time. No, there's normal people too. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm sorry, L.A. I, you... You get an apology from me. I've been in, um, <laughs> I've been in southern Idaho, mountainous southern central Idaho, for the uh, the last three weeks before before this trip to Milwaukee, working for um, a, f a very talented world class florist, doing Christmas lights and decorations for the the, the wealthy and powerful. Wow! In their vacation homes. Um, <laughs> cool. But uh, I'll tell. I went to Boise, Idaho. And uh, I'm about to say some shit. Okay, yeah. I'm about Throw to it say, down. I'm about to say some. You cool with this? All right. <laughs> I went to Boise, Idaho. A couple I'm of sorry. times. I'm sorry. Thank you. That's an appropriate response. Um, it's got some some beauty about it. It's got some thing. I mean, obviously, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful state. It's just that it is. It is full of. Like the people you only encounter in Walmart, like that's kind of that, like the bulk of the people in that state. Which, which then it, it that di then drops this that if you grade on a curve, that means that the people you encounter in Walmart, um, <laughs> in a state that's that's like for that the rest a huge of the Walmart. Oh yeah. my god, um, and. I had an experience walking through Walmart and actually asking people questions that they never answered. I had oftentimes just a dead-eyed stare if it was a woman. And were you asking about abortion or where's the apples? Like where were you? <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. Excuse me, where are the aborted apples? And um, do you have a satanic uh, prayer altar here? I need to sacrifice uh, a goat, a chicken, and a child. A in space order chicken. To, yeah. a, I have a space chicken here. I wonder, where's the buying department? Is there acquisitions here in this Walmart? You don't trade? Do you barter? Um, the men whose eyes I, I met uh, 
it was shocking. I haven't felt like I haven't felt male aggression in the form of like this dude's never even fucking seen me before, talked to me, has heard a word out of my mouth, doesn't know what kind of car I drive or anything. They've taken a look at me. And whatever it is they think I am, they hate that thing so fucking much. <laughs> yes. I'm not Is I, it was it your were you wearing that hat? Yeah. It's a cute hat, but I had this hat in my glasses, but I mean, otherwise I looked basically like a redneck. I had a Carhartt vest on that oh, was all beat to shit. New York. Boots. <laughs> if it would have but said co- Boise, they would have left you alone. But I cover it. I know. So <laughs> is this a, is this for a team? Is this the New York Giants hat? They're, yeah, they're, no, they might. They, they don't have a like team Bills, in Idaho. You know? There but, is but no still, team. But they watch football. They right. all have their own And that's why they might hate you is because they don't have a team and they looked at you and they're like, look, this motherfucker, he's got a team. I mean, I saw. He's from California. He's got 12 teams. I saw their pulse quicken. Like you could, I could see their skin actually moving yeah. around where you would take their pulse faster, and like their cheeks flushed, like they were blushing. I wasn't a hundred percent certain they weren't interested in having sex with me, but it felt much more like they wanted my, their fist to have sex with my fucking eye sockets, like right, just beat right, me yeah. to death and in now the parking this lot. Is, and, and now you're, you're, you're not referring to rural 300 population This town. is Boise. This you're is the, referring to the, the capital. largest, the, the capital, the largest. Capital city. Boise. The city, yes, right. which is more probably just a town with buildings, but they have to call it a city, so they feel like a state. It's got, it's got really cute neighborhoods of the you know the young wealthy middle class the young is there, is there like a downtown financial section there is and I didn't go to it uh, I was there they don't have like like some 10 story skyscrapers with some they shitty do. capital firm more than out, ten, like. I think they have more than 10 stories in some of them but I mean it, it's a bustling uh, city but then it's uh, it's been built out in sprawl so mm. so uh, you know it covers a lot of ground but it's sort of uh, it's sort of I would liken it to like the suburbs of Seattle, where it's like oh, like it strip mall really and then a bad. I lived in Seattle. I've gotten stuck red, in the suburbs, red, in right? Seattle. You know, yeah. so I went to high school you, in Bothell. I would tell people don't leave Seattle if you visit. Like just just stay there. Yeah, if if that's all you know, you'll be you'll be fine. Definitely don't go to Kent. So what? So you, what you're saying is that Boise is filled with Republican. No, no, I would not say that. No, Boise. They're not. Uh, they're not Trump supporters. I, I I know that I really came down hard on on the the folks I encountered at Walmart. But <laughs> everyone else that I uh, had contact with, which were mostly people related to the floral industry, because that's what I, the work I was doing. Um, really cool people. I could have met them anywhere, and I just wanted I wanted to like fold a note and like put it in their pocket, and that they find later that says get like get somewhere else. Like get you out. deserve better. Just get, get out. Get out of here because there's more for you. Yeah. Um, this isn't. This doesn't have to be it. But it strikes yeah. me as the kind of place where you can own a house probably oh. pretty. you could probably have enough of a job to pay for that house and, and if that's ev- your thing most things are ch- you know cheaper than they are I mean here it's like, like a cold Mexico it's a str- it's <laughs> like a Boise <laughs> the cold Mexico things are cheaper you can afford stuff <laughs> but it's cold come to Boise the cold Mexico <laughs> Sí, por supuesto. Boise, Idaho. Es must. No es caro. Es, I don't know. Ex, ex, uh, Did they have public transportation there? 
Sí, por supuesto. I was behind a lot of buses uh, in a box truck. I, I, I sort of moved as limply as they did through the streets. So I did notice the buses. I, they don't have any kind of a light rail or... It's a lot of... I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of motherfuckers with a Chevy Suburban that they just bought. Like, right, right, right. People who... Good Americans. Went, like, after the that last, like, gasoline panic, people still went ahead and bought a... Fucking suburban. Yeah. Well, when you have twelve they were children, fucking giving them away. Why are they at still a making point. them? I mean, I mean, I know figure, like, you, you, well, like, well, now that I have to save fifteen thousand dollars on getting it, I can spend fifteen thousand dollars on gas and I break even. There you go. I yeah. think they're even giving. Let's away. just burn it all up. No bullshit. I actually think they're even giving away like like gas promotions, like Chevy oh, I'm and sure. Shell. I mean, uh, excuse me, Chevron, Five thousand dollars in gas like, yeah, yeah, get it through Costco or whatever the fuck kind of thing. You're going to be stopping for about doing a slip jib anyways. <laughs> Go ahead and fill her up because you know as soon as you left the house, it went down to half. Here's the thing. You just mentioned Slim Jims. Uh, this is something that's very sad. They're, Slim Jims are super expensive compared to actually good beef jerky. If you look at the yeah. ounces, it's so it's like $2 for a Slim Jim and it isn't even real like beef or whatever. But you can get a real bag of Crave that's like 3.5 ounces for you know $4.99. And if you do the math, it's actually cheaper to get like the good organic real beef jerky than to eat that disgusting Slim Jim, which well, is probably made of nutria meat. Like who knows what it is. It's made. heart. That's it's the made first of ingredient. Heart? Beef. Yeah. It's beef heart. They stitch it. Yeah. Beef wow. heart with like some fat and seasonings injected in the center. That's why when you buy, Captain you can tell I eat a lot heart. of them. Yeah, snap into beef. I fucking ginger. love Slim Jims. Beef. They're so bad for me, but and they work great heart. after a hangover. I swear to fucking God, they're like little miniature 35 To help you puke beers. up the last of the wine. I and think it, whatever fucking tequila. gnarly grease from every single animal that's involved in that thing just really sucks all the, the rest of the alcohol out of the stomach. I yeah. Think. I, I, I haven't been drinking Kind of like jack-in-a-box tacos. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Those are important. Uh, I haven't been drinking a lot because this Christmas time, uh, Jonathan's family is relatively sober. I, I had two beers basically over the whole of Christmas and I'm just wondering uh, what your Christian light or Christian Christmas libations have been I haven't had any eggnog this entire season and I am remiss I feel like I need to go out and drink some motherfucking rum and eggnog perhaps I uh, actually have taken the last four weeks to see if not drinking alcohol will uh, make my depression and anxiety my life and achievement consuming depression and anxiety down a notch uh so i had um i had a brandy old fashioned at the fish fry we went to in milwaukee because it's tradition and as you learn in um pamela anderson's classic barbed wire um you should always drink to remember not drink to forget so mm-hmm. i i felt like i'll have this it's not me alone it's not like me just every fucking day this is built into everything i do always gonna have a drink a day my depression and anxiety went down a tremendous amount. Really? Yeah. And when I had the brandy old fashioned and, and, and later in that trip, like a glass of wine here and a beer there, I didn't follow them up. I didn't keep going. I, I sort of reset the clock a little bit. And so I feel really, uh, that was a big achievement for me. That's that was huge. tricky. Not drinking for a month. That's yeah. big. Or even I'm on cause... day three and that's the longest I've gone in quite some time. Congratulations. Jesus. Why are you not just really pissed off at everyone right now? <laughs> uh, there's other shit to be pissed off. Yeah. I, I, I had, I will admit, I had some withdrawal symptoms. I was pretty unhappy. Uh, I'm still kind of dealing with a little bit of a creative dry spell considering how prolific I've been um, over the last like six months uh, up to now. I've written like an album. 
Wow. Uh, but they're jingles. They're like one minute long, and there's that no sounds, lyrics. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's all on my phone Real or my iPad. Make money. Well, I mean, if you don't have any lyrics, that's easy to add lyrics. I want to sell these so bad. Yeah, like just five five hundred bucks a piece. Podcast jingles. A piece. Oh no yeah. way! Way cheaper. I'd say fifty bucks a piece. I mean, I'm turning these fucking things out. Yeah. Anybody needs a podcast uh, opening jingle that sounds like it should have been on the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack? Right. Uh, I'm talking all '80s synth funky, uh, like 808 beats and. Um, the, just the kind of sound that makes you feel like you want to shake your ass. Uh, I've got about 50 of them. Yeah, that's amazing. 50 bucks a pop. That's that's That sounds amazing. Uh, I, don't, I never drink. I'm never creative when I drink anyways. Um, I've been drinking less. That's but, not true. You still bake really good shit when you're wasted. That's, no, that's true. That's true. And that's but very that's, creative. I mean, but that's in my being, like baking cookies and, and doing cooking. Actually, before I get to what I was going to say, I'll tell you guys this and I'll give you one. Yesterday, I made the best new pot treat I, it's a no-bake, and I've never done a no-bake before, right? So I went to the farmer's market, and I got all of these fresh dates, and I took out all of the things from the tops and the insides, and then I kneaded it together with a bunch of um, candied sesame seeds, and oh. then I added oh. stuff to make basically granola. So I had brown sugar and uh, poppy seeds and cherry, dried cherries and walnuts and oats, and then I added the my pot butter I I um and then I kept kneading 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 that all together and then I rolled it out and I cut them all evenly so I made them so I knew how, how much was in each one and they're about 30 milligrams a piece and then I rolled them in um, powdered sugar and on the top I put some coconut that sounds incredible. and I'll, I'll give you guys there I'll give you guys one what right now right and you can tell me Bless you what right. you think of the new flavor this year for me, uh, food-wise, dates, this is the year of the date for me. Like, I have discovered those mushy cockroach-looking little motherfuckers are... One for, one for each of you. Thank you. I have uh, to, I have to save them. mine for later. Um, I, I'm moonlighting right now, and yeah, so... Yeah, that's great. Uh, uh, but uh, that's why it's in a little to-go cup. There we go. We're getting Thomas Bridgman's... Uh, think, yeah, tell us what you think. Miss Pam. Are they really good? You really like them? Oh, you have won like. my heart, Miss Pam. They're no-bakes. They're really amazing. easy. I, I've never I've never done a no-bake before. I usually always, mm. you know, stick them in the oven or I, like the, the crackers. So for, for the holidays, I made my weed thins and I brought them on the plane and they're all like, I made them light. So they're like 15 milligrams a piece. So you can actually at like a gathering, eat a couple of them with cheese. I really like those weed oh, thins. So I'm good. so glad you like those. Yay. I, I just took a nibble of mine. That's like really fucking good. Yeah, really and it's good. all and it's I mean these ones are vegan because so it's all natural and I actually put the weed in olive oil instead of in butter this nice. time. Well done. So I was like, look at me be the vegan person. Although I'm not so not vegan. Yeah, it's not the worst thing to accidentally be though, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. And I've just I've been eating a lot of dried fruit and stuff and it yeah. makes me poop and I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, dates. Yeah. Dates have a kind of resonance in my palate. Like Figs do the same thing where like, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I found them to be a little rough. Like they seemed one dimensional and, and like perfumey kind of, huh. but also like mushy and just full of weirdness. Right, right. But now that my palate has sort of, uh, it has become a bit more sophisticated, The there is something just like dreamy about about date dates, like the big ones. That yeah. Are, 
They, uh, I don't know. I can't really describe it. But they do still look like cockroaches. And the texture you're looking for is shit, basically. Yeah, it's like yeah. mushy, like a mushy heads, baby yeah. turd. Yeah. <laughs> With a hard, pointy seed inside. <laughs> mushy baby turd. Uh, do you mind if I step out for a cigarette? No, no, go ahead. Right. I'm gonna. We're going to finish this show in just a second. I was going to say the last thing. I... Don't I? Well, I dr- drank less, but it doesn't matter if I'm drinking or not drinking. I still make the same stupid decisions. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. I I thought like, oh, if I if I drink less, maybe I won't do dumb shit. Nope. Maybe I won't say dumb shit to people. Nope. Still do it. <laughs> still do dumb shit. Say dumb stip- shit. Make poor decisions. Whether I'm drinking or not, and I've tried it. I've gone sober, and I've been. It doesn't matter. The only difference is that. When I'm sober, I remember the dumb shit I say, <laughs> and then and then I feel worse. So it might be better for me to just drink. I think you just yeah. need to recontextualize um, the like the adjective for that shit. You know, instead of saying "oh, it's dumb shit," whether I'm uh, sober or drunk, say um, "this is just like." My unique shit. This is you my know, like my. Shit. This is what this shit that this I my say brand. is what makes me me. Right. And uh, I think also there's something to be said about um, uh, assuming that your um, habits are, uh, uh, won't necessarily instantly shift when you when you cut out alcohol. It's, right. It's, yeah. You have to make new habits because you're sure. hardwired to kind of act a certain way. Um, and and like the the beauty of, of having a little time without the booze is kind of just remembering, um, like remembering the sensation of not really already having an opinion on something. You know what I mean? Like approaching things in a new way because you're like, well, I don't really care about the way my breath smells because I haven't been drinking whiskey since noon. Uh, So I might just go to the grocery store instead of fucking order Uber Eats every time, you know? Yeah. I don't have to hide that I... uh... I've noticed what happens when I cut it out for a while. You know, it's like, it's okay. Like, I I don't say that much stupid shit, I guess, or at least... Not the level of the stupid shit I say when I'm fucking wasted, you know? Um, But fuck, man, I lose. I lose so much shit when I sober up. Yeah. Jeez, phones, jackets, just shit just start like, I just space shit and just leave it sitting around, you know, like when I'm sober. It's totally weird. And and, and when I lose stuff here and there, when I'm wasted, it's like, uh, oh, well, I was wasted. You know, like, uh, it happens. Fuck, you know, I put it down. But when you're totally sober and you're trying to do shit and you're actually focused on things and you seriously just fucking left your brand new fucking Galaxy 7 sitting fucking, you don't even know where you left it. You don't even know where you left it sitting. That's like the other thing, you know, it's like, fuck. And and then it's like, fuck it, I'm going to start drinking again. I lost my wallet sober the other day, but they found it at, at um, it was on the back patio. There's between the benches, there's a little gap, and it worked its way out of my pants yeah, that into the gulch. To me all the time. And I got a text on Saturday night from Johnny motherfucking Davis, and it's, he said, Hey, Pam, I found your wallet. And I went in there yesterday, and oh. all the money was there my food stamp card, all oh, my shit. Honey, and I'm I was so like, I was like, that. ah. So I just, to get it back, I love Bender's. They're amazing. I love hearing you have some goddamn good luck. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both for being here. I've been joined by Thomas Bridgman. Uh, go check out Tim's Tesseract and uh, come here and see his amazing art on the walls and by Loud Josh. What a joy. It oh, always is to have you here. Yeah, sorry. I'll let you oh, no, go. Go ahead. 
I just wanted to plug also, yeah. uh, Annika, uh, my lady who writes Horoscopia for Tim's Tesseract, if you like uh, her fun uh, words and such, uh, go see her do stand-up. But also, she has a podcast um, called Hot Gazpacho, and <laughs> she it's pretty amazing. She interviews uh, um, comics and interesting folks that she knows who have interesting pastimes, and um, she's had some really cool ones. She had somebody come on and talk about opera. Somebody came talked about cryptozoology. Whoa. Like, people like a stand-up comic who knew a fucking lot about cryptozoology. Wow. That's some pretty amazing shit. Um, so, Hot Gazpacho and the the, um, the website is... Uh, oh, it's it's hotgazpacho, all one word, dot libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. Hot... Yeah. Uh, okay, so H-O-T-G-A-Z-P-A-C-H-O dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. And you, if you look at Pot Gaspacho, it'll always tell you the Libsyn yeah. thing, too. So it'll be there. That's a really funny name. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, at the beginning of the show, we opened with Susan Olson, that first rap we did. Uh, we're going to close here with 45 Alive. These are the one-take raps that uh, LaToya and I did at the beginning of the year that are all... This is not me. These are all Trump's words. Okay. And the last one was Susan Olson. That's all shit she said. I'm just rapping what she said. And in this one, I'm just rapping what he said. So don't get mad at me. This is all. This is all our president. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh, this is weird. Actually, Alex. We're going to see what happens uh, <laughs> here. We're going to bring up, uh, we're going to start with a little uh, West Coast gangster rap in the background, and we're going to see, we're going to see what happens. God, I, I, I'm going to love this already. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Is it going? It should be going. It should be, we should be hearing it, and I do oh, can you put four up? Yep. There we go. Here, we'll start it over. Okay, here we go. Here we go. These are... Ariana Huffington is unattractive, both inside and out. What? I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. What? For a man? For a man? For a man? For a man? Huffington, Huffington is unattractive, both inside and out. I fully understand why her former husband left her for a man. He made a good decision. Making good decisions. 45, making good decisions. 45, are you still alive? Making good decisions. Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood. Doesn't know me but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. Uh Uh-uh. She's a Hillary flunky who lost big. She's a Hillary flunky who lost big. For the hundredth time, I never mocked a disabled reporter. Uh. showed him groveling when he totally changed a 16 year old story that he'd written in order to make me look bad bad sad just more dishonest media oh just fake news fake news we made a good decision did we make a good decision i said no i didn't make a good decision don't make a good decision can you imagine what outcry would be if Snoop Dogg's failing career and all had aimed and fired a gun at President Obama? How? 
Jail time. Jail time. Jail time. Negroes. Jail time. Jail time. Snoop Dogg. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Any negative polls are just fake news. Just like CNN, ABC, NBC polls in the election. Sorry, people want border security and extreme vetting. Turn my mic on. Yeah. Want border security and vetting. For the five lives. For the five lives. Just must. More dishonest media, just more very dishonest media. Fake news. I will build a great wall. I will build a great wall. Whoa. And nobody builds walls better than me. I said nobody I builds build walls better, better than, than me. me. Believe me. Believe that. I will build a great wall. A great wall. And no one builds walls better than me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great wall. The Great Wall. Big Great Wall. Not China. And nobody builds walls better than me. Definitely not China, China. you see. I will build a Great Wall. A Great Wall. Believe me, and I'll build them very inexpensively. China. And I will make Mexico pay for that wall. Oh, Mexico gonna pay. Nah, not today. My words. Uh, not today, Mark not my words. <laughs> this, no. is, this is my favorite quote. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. And they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. Rape? What? When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending the best. They're rapists! And they're criminals, like the over office. And some, I assume, are good people. There we go. Yay! We did it again! We did it again! Another This week's rap is about Ben Carson. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uh, we've got some, we've got some cushion money rap instrumental beat on the background. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna see what happens. Ben Carson, Uncle Tom, today uh, with Hot Dirty P and the Sheriff. We're here for you. Oh, is it not? I put it in the wrong one. There it goes. Now it's going. I put it in the wrong one. Just like. There we go. Oh. Progressives think he's an Uncle Tom. Mm, Uncle Tom. I'm, I'm not sure I agree that there isn't a fair amount of racism here. Not too much racism. What? I said there's not not too much racism. Ain't no racism, boss. There, there is, but not where you'd expect it to be. Nope. It's mostly with the progressive movement who will look at someone like me. NASA. And because of the color of my pigment, they decide there's a certain way that I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom's boss. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on me. I'm an Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. And to me, that is racism. 
What? Meatballs? No. There's not as much as you'd where you'd expect it to be. There is, but not where you'd expect it to be. And they look at my pigment, and they decide there's a certain way I'm supposed to think. And if I don't think that way, I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. And that, to me, is racism. 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 Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. Racism. Uncle Tom. What if on D-Days our soldiers invading the beaches at Normandy had set their colleagues to be cut down, a hundred bodies laying in the sand, a thousand bodies laying in the sand? What if they had been frightened and turned back? Well, I guarantee you were frightened. I guaranteed you they were frightened, but they didn't turn back. They stepped over the bodies of their colleagues, knowing that in many cases they would never see the homeland of their loved ones again, and they stormed those Axis troops, and they stormed that beach, and they died. Why did they do that? They didn't do that for themselves. They did it for you, and they did it for me, and now it's our turn. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. I'm an Uncle Tom, and they heap all kinds of hatred on you. I'm an Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom with gifted hands. And they heap all kinds of hatred on you. So that to me is racism. 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 Thanks guys for listening to the AltaCast. If you made it all the way through, coming up next is Some Called Me Tim. I'm very excited to have a special guest with me coming up here in just a minute. Here we go. Twelve o'clock. Come on, twelve o'clock. When you hear the trippy music here at Mutiny Radio at two o'clock on a Wednesday, you know what time it is. Yeah, it's time for some call me Tim. There's that sound I always try to get. Hey, everybody. Welcome.